All right, well, good evening, everyone, and uh, welcome to our midweek service, those that are watching online and those that are in the house. Uh, we're going to open up with a new teaching, uh, a plan to change, a plan to change. Now, the interesting thing is there's quite a lot of backdrop with this. So uh, as, a, as a minister growing at uh, our former church, uh, Columbus Christian Center in Ohio, uh, I did a, we did a lot of counseling, you know, the church had grown from when we first came there, maybe 35 minutes, 35 members to 3,500. And so we did it, we counseled hundreds of people. So I counseled families, I counseled, obviously I counseled men, counseled couples, uh, you know, uh, one of the legs was being over, um, uh, marriage ministry from the standpoint of making sure, had ministers in place that was ordained to do weddings. Uh, going through premarital courtship, um, then we had, you know, uh, you know, our cultures changed a little bit. Where we had people just randomly that would just come in because we where we were located. You know, certain cultures, just like New Jersey, New Jersey we call it brick city, but it's a sidewalk culture. You know, there's a lot of people walking, a lot of people doing mass transit. You know, there's certain places here you ain't walking because there is no sidewalk. <laughs> you know, you'll be in the street. Um, so different cultures. So people just pop in and come in. And so you had different people processing through di different things. And, and, and what I recognize is, is the challenge was where people were in their proximity to God, their proximity to their relationship with God. So I came up with something, I didn't come up with it, the Holy Spirit came up with something called a plan to change. Um, and it was, uh, uh, it was seven steps to a greater relationship with God. And it, it had, you know, some people that's either watching across the country or in here, I've given this template to, you know, just to, you know, just uh, uh, seven things you can do as a foundation to really grow and to change. So what I would do is each person, depending on what they would deal with, I would customize um, scriptures. So let's say if the person was dealing with lust, they would get the foundation fundamentals that everybody got, but then they had a prescription for what they were trying to navigate through. Um, so what we're going to get is we're going to get some of that, but uh, the Lord kind of, uh, I, I'm going to say, and you're going to get the details, not just the, because they will get a page. So you're going to get the details. Um, because again, as we transition out of this year into next year, we've been talking about diligent discipline and, and drawing a line in the sand and different things like that. And you can see uh, there's been different impartations with guests and, and with, uh, you know, Pastor Mel and myself. Well, all that stuff is, is challenging us to get ready, right? To get ready. James talked about it, right? It's showtime, right? You know, it's showtime. You got to be ready. It's too late. You can't, just can't get yourself together. You got to be ready. So, so the Lord was showing me that there's quite a few people uh, changing, willing to change, want to change, some don't know how to change. So this is going to cover everybody, right? This is going to cover everybody. And I did it differently. Um, they're going to be able to see some of those uh, outlines on the screen. Cool. All right, so I did it differently where, you know, normally the people watching, you have a lower third for the scriptures. There's a few lower thirds at the beginning, but most of, the, most of what I'm talking about is going to be in an outline form and that outline will be on the screen. It'll also be online. So if you go back home, you can, you know, you'll, you'll actually have the outline because some of these things, you know how you write down notes and you may miss a point or 
he almost said it that way. Well, the Lord wants to make sure we accurately get this because God is saying you've been looking to change, you want to change, you're willing to change, you've been trying to change. If you embrace what I'm about to do, you're going to change. Now, the thing is, some people don't think they need change. So, so, so that's dangerous. Because we are, like every day, I'm trying to find out what I don't know, not trying to prove what I do. I'm trying to change every day. Constantly working on things, new habits. We got new habits at the house. You know, normally if somebody comes, you know, you try to get the house together for people to come. Well, we're trying to keep the house together, you know. So, you know, uh, Sergeant Melanie's is making sure everything is staying intact. And I'm, and I'm walking around making sure we keep the dishes clean, keep so-so. When people decide to come, we're already ready, right? What big deal is that? It's just another discipline, right? But I'm not just trying to do that. I'm trying to do some other things that I'm ready. I'm not just trying to have the house ready. I'm trying to have the house ready. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So I don't want to have to get ready, get all right. I want to stay ready all the time, all right? Some people may say, well, you're pretty much disciplined. Yeah, but there's always other levels. The thing is, and you'll recognize, hopefully you'll recognize where you really are through what we're going to talk about, because sometimes, sometimes we're not where we were, but we're not where we think we are. And sometimes we don't realize where we were, so we don't appreciate where we are. So because we're in so much pride, we don't want no one to know that we've been there. And so God is saying, well, why should I take you to the next level? You're going to take that for granted too. I want you to appreciate where I brought you from, and I want you to, and if you appreciate it, then you'll deal with other people and understand with a lot more patience because they're growing from there too. But if you act like you're talking to them as if you just arrived, you've been there the whole time, then how can they receive from you because they're missing the other piece? The other piece is the humility is, I've been in your shoes, James. You see what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? So we're going to get through all that. And um, so, so, you know, you, you know I'm, I love art. I'm an art guy. And so, I don't know, can you, oh, you can bring it up? Can they see it online? Okay, cool. All right, so, so this artwork obviously is planned to change, but it's, it's intentional. It's, there's messages behind the message. All right, so over here is there's a gentleman that has a globe in his hand. And, and what that represents is the whole picture. And out of that globe, you'll see plans. Uh, mechanisms uh, and plans dispersing out of that globe. Here you have a young lady in prayer, but behind her is a butterfly representing evolving and transporting and change. But there's another young lady down here with a globe in front of her just trying to find out the right place and plan. And here you have, as we check off different levels of what we're doing, right? All right, so, so, so it's, 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 it's letting us know that, that there's, uh, as we were talking about on Sunday, um, you know, there's so many things that's going through our heart, our head, our head. So God is going to try to lock us in on this plan. So again, we're talking about plan to change, and the subtitle is Steps. We, we won't limit it to seven. Steps to a greater relationship with God and a better awareness of his will for your life. So a plan to change, colon, steps to a greater relationship with God and a better awareness of his will for, for your life. So it doesn't mean you don't have an awareness. 
you're not in a, in a vicinity where the saying is a better awareness. All right, so we're going to be talking about a plan to change, but we can't talk about a plan to change without an understanding of what plans is. What, what, what are plans? And so plans are methods of action. So the interesting thing is, is it really a plan if there's no action involved, right? Do you really have a plan if you ain't doing anything, right? And is, look, look so y'all know me, considering all possibilities. So we always talk about what? In consideration of the whole, right? Considering all possibilities. Why are we frustrated? We frustrate a lot of times because there's delay. Why is there delay? Because we are considering what we've achieved and done well, but are we considering the, all the possibilities, right? And that's the thing. The thing is we're hopeless if we believe we've done everything. We're hopeful when we recognize there's something that you haven't done. Now, we may have already, in, in our own minds, we could, like I told you when I first heard a former pastor, and he was breaking down uh, this uh, pastor that's out of St. Louis. He was like, yeah, he was at the church. Uh, he was working for the church for like 17 years. Then they sent him out for a couple years, uh, paid him, brought him back, sent him out, blessed him with a, a seize by $80,000. And, and then he, he, you know, the church grew. It was, at the time, it was like four, four or 5,000 members, right? And so I was like, 17 years. You know, not, now I wasn't even in, really in ministry. I was coming to the class. You know how you, you're in I talked to, a, a, talked to somebody about this today in, in Milwaukee, and I was saying how I, I was, I, I used to say, I'm going to play pro ball for a few years, then I'm going to go to seminary just to learn more about the word. That was, that's, that was my goal for the longest. I didn't want to play forever. I wanted to play so whoever I talked to, I could say I had a goal and I achieved it. Outside of that, I really wanted to learn more about God and the word. Did I? There's a missing piece. I was called to something that I wasn't trying to recognize. So I smoothed it over by, I just want to know a little more about the word. No, I'm not, you know, I'm not really trying to, you know, be in any type of position or nothing. And so the person I was talking to today, we were talking how, in, in, in hindsight, it's, it's, there's a responsibility with accountability, responsibility, and exposure. See, if I commit to something, people are going to hold me accountable to it. But if I'm like, nah, you know, when I was growing up, you asked me to do something, me and Dave is hanging out. He's like, hey, man, you, you, you going to uh, the club? Ah, I might, I might not. So if I don't go, you ain't going to what? You ain't going to say nothing to me. I said that about everything all the way up until college. Even trying out for the basketball team. You trying out for the team? I might, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I might, you know. But if I don't, you, you can't really say nothing to me. I told you, I might, I might not. The first thing I ever committed to, I don't know why, don't ask me. Maybe the Lord just needed me to commit to something. It was when I pledged. And after I did that, I was like, what are you doing? People are beating you senseless. Are you, what are you, crazy? Right, but that's the first thing I, I said I was going to do and follow through. Before that, you couldn't get me to commit to nothing because I didn't want you to hold me accountable for nothing. And I carried that throughout my life, even with ministry. I was doing ministry from behind the scenes. Like I was, you know, you know nobody out there that could see me. Hey, let me help you with this. Oh, people coming. <laughs> Ooh, almost saw me. <laughs> you know, somebody could have assessed what I was doing in ministry. Huh? Nobody's around. 
Hey, let me help you. This <coughs> that, that's how I'm rolling. Because I didn't want to be assessed. I didn't want to know if I was doing it right or not. But remember when Apollos was rolling and he, was, he had a good heart, right? Sharing ministry. And then the disciples, you know, was rolling with Paul and them said, hey, man, there's Apollos over there, man, doing, he's doing some things. He said, man, he's trying to be with us. They said, let us show you a more excellent way. It didn't say he was, he was tripping, but because now he's exposed, they showed him a more excellent way. They didn't erase his core. They, they enhanced his gift, right? And so this, this is why plans uh, and, 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 and being willing to be in an atmosphere where we can evolve is important. So let's go here to Proverbs 19, 20 through 21. Proverbs 19, 20 through 21. I'm going to read the King James Version first. It says, hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. <laughs> right? See, so, so when we isolate, we're cheating ourselves from hearing counsel, right? And receiving instruction. And so I was talking to somebody else today, and I was like, this is the thing. This is why fellowship is important. Fellowship is important because when I'm fellowshipping with you, this stuff you're going to say that you don't even realize you're saying, but it's going to stretch and challenge me. There's things that you're going to say that I'm going to consider that I would have never considered. Because now I'm exposed to what you're exposed to. Right? The other thing about fellowship is I'm exposed. <laughs> you know, that someone can see me. Right? Right? So the good thing about fellowship is when you're carrying the wrong spirit, when you're in fellowship, those spirits don't like exposure. The adversary don't like light. He likes darkness. So he tempts us to be isolated because all he got to do is deal with is you and your mind. But if, if you get around fellowship, all those anointed men and women of God speaking words of God out in the atmosphere, all that noise in your head starts to run because it goes, oh, we're exposed. Accountability is wonderful. Because it keeps you exposed. Responsibility tells you I have to respond properly, but also I'm responsible. I got to show up for exposure. Commitment, I got to show up for exposure. Isolation, I don't have to be exposed. I can lean to my own understanding, which the Bible tells us not to do, right? So that's why it's important. So I was talking to somebody today and I said, it's important that we fellowship, right? And so, because we can hear counsel and receive instruction that we may be wise in our latter end. In 21, it says, there, there are many devices in a man's heart, male or female. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord shall stand. What God's counsel, or another word for counsel in the Greek is plan. God's plan shall stand. Right? And uh, the NLT, New Living Translation, Breaks it down this way. Get all the advice and instruction you can. So you will be wise the rest of your life. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. So it says, being at, now, now see, we convert that into, I'm going to talk to everybody. No, it's talking about get wise counsel from people that's pressed into God. And how do I know? I see the results in their life. 
Right? Like, that's why it's tough for kids to get advice from kids. They, they guessing too. <laughs> but some, some kids are more confident. Do you know the people that I went, went to high school with? None of them people talked as if they didn't know. Everybody talked like they knew what they were talking about. Seems like it was good to me because they were confident. But they was fools too, just like me. Because there wasn't nobody talking about God. They were talking from their level of confidence, their personal preferences. So you want to be around people that's getting God a result and get as much counsel as you can from them, right? 2 Corinthians 1.17. This is going to really, really, really harmonize us with God's will, right? Because we got some kingdom work to do, and we can't do kingdom work when we're kind of uh, confused outside the gates of the kingdom, right? So 2 Corinthians uh, 1, chapter 1, and we're going to hit verses 17 and 18. And I'll read that King James first. It says, when I therefore was thus minded, did I use lightness or the thing that I purposed, that I purposed, do I purpose according to the flesh that with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay. But as God is true, our word toward you was not yea and nay. So this says in the Amplified, it says this. It says, now, now because I changed my original plan, was I being unstable or capricious? Or what, or what I plan? Do I plan according to the flesh like a worldly man? It says, ready to say yes, yes, when it may mean no, no. As surely as God is trustworthy and faithful and means what he says, our speech and message to you have been yes, that ye might, that might mean no, has not been yes, that might be no. So what he's saying is, I communicate, when I'm communicating what God says, I'm not communicating something that I'm going to change up as soon as pressure hit me. He says, because I'm not communicating, I don't establish my plans or communicate plans according to the flesh, I'm led by the Spirit, right? And so, 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 so he's saying this, and I'm communicating this to you, I'm not communicating based on the flesh. I didn't consult with Keith. I consulted with God. Right? And so, so, and I'm not communicating something I'm going to change later. If you've been around here any time, if something was communicating, even if the vision for the year, if it was communicating about what's happening in the year, we stuck to what the vision said. I mean, New Beginnings was, we, we, got, tri we got trickles of that throughout the year. It was, a, it was the eighth anniversary, right? But in the eighth month, of the eighth year, where God had already spoken new beginnings, we got this building. Eight months after the vision was spoke. A week after that, we sold our house. In all in the eighth month. Do you, do you understand you can't make that up? That's just God saying, listen, when I'm speaking, pay attention. Attach your faith to it. Some things can happen, right? Right? Like breakthrough, right? Ain't that right? Right. So uh, Proverbs 16. Let's go there to Proverbs 16. This is giving you some foundational scriptures before we get into some actual planning here. You still with me? All right. Proverbs 16, verse 9. 
So this is good. It says, a man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. So God uses our heart. He uses what he gave us to, to impart the way we should go. But he's saying, listen to my specific steps, which we'll get to later, right? And then uh, verse 10, it says, The divine sentence is in the lips of the king. His mouth transgresses not in judgment. He doesn't change up, right? Amplified says, A man's mind plans his way, but the Lord directed his steps and makes them sure, right? So, so, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, Psalms 37, 23. Like when you, when you, when, you know, I don't understand why I'm going through stuff. I'm a good person. Are your steps ordered by the Lord? Or they're ordered by you? Or they're ordered by the devil? Or they're ordered by somebody who's not living for God, right? Steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, Psalm 37, 23, by the way. So, 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 Let's go here to Isaiah 55, and then we're going to get into how to reverse momentum and change. Uh, Isaiah 55. Just setting a little foundation for a plan to change. Because I, I, I feel you. You do want to change, don't you? Yeah. And even the person that you're talking to or the person that you're looking at that you think we need to fix, they want to change too. You know, some people, they've been so embedded. Listen, when you're, when you're around great people, which you guys are, like, your attacks are great. And they start earlier than other people's attacks. So they start when you're young. Like, like I was attacked. I ain't even get a shot. Like, <laughs> by the time I came out... <laughs> <laughs> the adversary was always trying to get me away from my family, <laughs> right? So, so I ended up with foster, like, like I wasn't even in a position where I could complain because I was, you know, I'm in diapers. So, like, you know, I probably was doing what Raylan was doing the other day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I, I really didn't have a shot. But you, do, do you understand that rejection that, that attacked me early was intentional? Do you understand the relationships that, that crushed and hurt was intentional? Do you understand every criticism? I, I told y'all some stories on Sunday. But every little put down of criticism to make me think I was less than was intentional. There wasn't nobody saying, hey, you know, like we had the kids, we let them speak and stuff like that. Well, nobody telling me to come to speak. No, shut up. Stay in the corner. Don't you understand that was intentional? Y'all still think I'm talking about me? And, and, and honestly, if you, don't un, if you don't embrace the reality of the attack, you will pretend it didn't happen to you because you don't want to be that person. But you embracing that it happened puts you in a position where you'll grab all the tools to get out of it. You know, when I had the, uh, uh, the, the, the uh, bulging disc, I was in pain for the longest. Matter of fact, I used to, get, I used to go play ball and everything would be excruciating hurting. And I'd say, yeah, once I get warmed up, I'm going to be good. And then I would go play. And so when, they, when I finally, when it finally caught up, because it probably was just a, I don't know, they call it a slip disc or whatever, it grew to bulging because I was tolerating the pain. 
And the guy said, you have a high tolerance for pain, don't you? I was like, how do you know? He said, because you could have had this taken care of a long time ago. Still think I'm talking about the disc. There's things we're tolerating we could have took care of a long time ago, and we think because of longevity and proximity, it's going to change. Because we've hung around for 20 years, it changes by osmosis. No, there has to be a plan to change. You have to embrace something. Like, I had to do something. Yeah, you know, I'm bouncing around here now, but I wasn't, I wasn't bouncing around like that when I was in pain. Matter of fact, that day I said, babe, you know, I'm a soldier. I can't, if I can lay down and ease the pain or stand up and ease the pain, I would. I couldn't do neither one. I went to the hospital. I went to the emergency room that way, that day. But I should've, it should have never got to that point. Do you going to have to go to a, a spiritual emergency room before you really change some things? All right, so Isaiah 55 7 through 9, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. I love this whole Isaiah 55. But look, it says, let the wicked or twisted or perverted forsake his way or her way. And let the unrighteous man, male and female, forsake, forsake we'll say their thoughts, right? And let, and let them return to the Lord and he will have love, pity, and mercy for him and to our God. For he will multiply to him his abundant Pardon, right? It says, for my thought, now, now it says, first of all, you got to recognize something, because if you don't recognize you need a pardon, you ain't going to come get it. So that means you're still carrying the, the, not only the guilt, but the consequence, because you, you're not humbling yourself to say, I need a pass, right? Does that make sense? All right, it says, look, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. So what he's saying is, the thoughts you may have assessing yourself are not my thoughts or how I assess you. You might want to find out what I see, right? My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, said the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Basically, God's plans are way beyond a lot of times what our plans are. And so we think we should be approved based on our plans, but your approval is based on God's plan, right? Now, now, now we're going to talk about something here, and this embraces everybody at whatever level you're at. Because some people think this is for somebody you need to share this with, you know, that lives in another state, right? <laughs> no, share it with yourself, okay? Uh, share it with ourselves. It says, how do we reverse momentum and change? So, 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 because sometimes, you know how you want to change, but your momentum is taking you in a certain you know, when you first wanted to stop drinking soda, right? You are trying to stop drinking soda, aren't you? Well, if you knew what it was doing to your body, you would stop, like, today, right? All right, so, so, but you know how you already got a momentum towards the, the pop, right? Soda, pop, I don't, we call it, you know, soda in New Jersey, other places call it pop, right? Right, so... Right, so, so, but your momentum, so if I just say stop drinking soda today, well, you already d developed the habit of doing it, right? It's just not gonna change, like if I say be on time today, right? You already have a momentum, don't be flaring your nose at me, I'll knock your glasses off. You should have seen the, the flare, right? But if I say be on time today, you have a momentum in a certain direction. So you're not just gonna be on time overnight. But you're going, to, you're going to start being on time and be consistent with it, right? Right. So, right, you understand what I'm saying? But you have a momentum in a certain direction already, right? 
Does that make sense? It just doesn't, just because somebody says something to you, you're just not going to stop, right? So which, you have to reverse that momentum and change, right? Does that make sense? All right, so the first thing you want to do to establish reversing this momentum and change is the first thing you want to do is establish communion with God. Establish communion with God. Right? And uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians 3.14. Because it all starts with God, right? Does that make sense? 2 Corinthians 3. Make sure I got the right shoes. That's not the scripture I want. Give me one second. Hebrews 4.16. Hebrews 4.16. Sorry about that. It says, let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain, look at this word again, mercy, and find grace to help in a time of need. See, only the humble think they even need mercy. The, the arrogant and the prideful are in denial. They're an excuse. So they miss out on mercy in a time of need. James 4. Many scripture. Next, next book over. James four verse eight. It says, "Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you." Now, now, now. Sometimes we just stop at that part of the scripture, right? <laughs> the rest of the scripture. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Look, the next verse is, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to heaviness. Look, humble yourselves in the, in the sight of God and he shall lift you up. See, see, see it's saying draw down to God, draw down to me. You draw down to God, he draw down to you. But then it's telling you how to draw to God. Cleanse your hands, purify your hearts, right? It says it right there. It says be afflicted and mourn. It's not saying be depressed. What it's saying is, have a sense of, 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 of reality that, of, of almost like we call it remorse. Have a sense of remorse. That man, know what I know, I ain't doing you right. <laughs> Even the scripture where it says, confess your sin and God's faithful to forgive you of sin, cleanse you of no righteousness. That word confess means to agree with. Do you know we live not to agree with? Oh, no, I didn't make a mistake mistake. What's our first reflex if we make an error? Is it my bad or is it, oh, no, 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 no. Like this first thing, no, 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 no. Like are you quickly trying to convince the person they didn't see what they see? Or do you come up with a justification for what you do as opposed to my bad? Right? All right, so see, establish communion with God. Now, one of the keys to that, and it's one of the first things you should do in the morning, is worship. Worship. And that's reverencing God for who he is. And I apologize that him should be a capital H and that he should be a capital H. I don't know how I missed that. I normally do get that well. Like, 
anytime you write he or him or anything or as reference to God, it should be capital. So I repent, Lord, please forgive me. All right, so reverencing him for who he is draws you into his presence. So I'm in worship. I'm reverencing God for who he is. I'm shutting out everything else, man. I just, Lord, I lift you up. I magnify you. I exalt you, right? Um, John 4, 24. Pretty obvious is we're not going to get through all of this today, but we'll at least wet our whistle with some things. John 4, 24. It says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You can't show up a lie and say you're worshiping God. You're not. You're in denial and say you're worshiping God. You're not. You have to worship him in spirit and in truth. You can lie to everybody else, but you can't come to God lying. Well, you shouldn't be lying to everybody else, but you understand what I mean. Right? You're worshiping him in spirit and in truth. What? In spirit and in truth. Not in the flesh and in the lie. See, that self-preservation stuff? Abandon that when, you, when you're in worship, please. Please, please, we have to abandon that. I, I, just, I, I just want to give an example. Uh, you know, something you hear us communicating a lot, but Revelation 4, 8 says this, uh, and this is, you know, it was talking about the, the atmosphere around God, and, and it said, and there was uh, four beasts, and the four beasts had each of them six wings about them, and they were f uh, full of eyes within, and the rest, and they rest not day and night, so, 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 so they didn't rest saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was, which is, and is to come. It said that they didn't rest. They just kept saying, holy, holy, holy. Like, they didn't rest worshiping God. <laughs> holy, every chance you get, we sh you should be worshiping God. Once again, we're trying to what? We're trying to uh, uh, establish communion with God, Right? We're trying to, so we are worshiping God. We're, we're reverent to him, acknowledging from who he is. If, if I show up, how I look, uh, uh, my posture, remember Pastor, said one time, Pastor Mel said one time she was, uh, was dancing or praising the Lord and she looked at herself in the mirror and was embarrassed. There was nobody in the room, right? <laughs> right? So she was like, like, why am I embarrassed? There's nobody here, right? We, we want to come in, a, uh, in an abandonment, all right, Isaiah 6. Let's go to Isaiah 6. And you guys have the scriptures. And if, you know, that's too small here in the sanctuary, it is on the video, okay? So Isaiah 6, uh, 1 through 6. This, now, this is, this is good. I, I referenced this the other day. Uh, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And above it stood servants, each one had six wings, uh, with twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. It says, then said I, woe is me. 
for I am undone. There's that humility because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one, uh, then flew one of the seraphims unto me having a live coal in his hand which he had taken with the tongs off the altar. He laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Now, the interesting thing is, here he's coming, he's, he says, when King Isaiah died, well, what was in his, his peripheral, what was blocking his ability to press in and see God, he was able to see God. And when he started seeing him, he saw in the heaven realm you know, just what the activity of, of, of holiness and worship. Just recognizing what was going on, he realized, whoa, I don't even need to, I'm not even worthy to be here. I'm a man unclean and I hang out, I'm around. When he says unclean, compared to what's going on here, anything I'm around is not worthy. Because he recognized an angel came responding to his humility put a coals on his tongue and says, oh, that's gone from you. See, 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 he came needing mercy with a humble heart and he received what he needed to, to stay in God's presence. You see that? Draw nigh to him and he draw nigh to you. You see that? See, see, that's why all the pretense doesn't work. All the cliches don't work because it's not genuine. Oh, thank you for my cooling board. That don't work. You don't have conversations like that with everyday people. You're supposed to have the same conversation with God in spirit and truth. I'm married. Oh, uh, Melanie from on high. I don't have conversations like that with Melanie. Pastor Melanie to everybody else. Melanie to me. <laughs> right? We just, we, we have genuine conversations. Hey, if she, if, if she says something it's very rare, but she says it. I said, "Babe, that hurt." I'm just, just for the record, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. These are my words. I said, "But that, I'm gonna let you know that hurt." That's how I gotta come to God. We were trying to sell our house one time. Man, we went to all these realtors. Two years went by. I walked outside, and this was my dynamic, uh, uh, warring in the spirit prayer. Lord, I'm, t- I'm, I'm just ready to move. Somebody came that week and bought the house and wasn't looking for a house. My, my great prayer was, Lord, I'm ready to move. Because that's what I was ready to do. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like, like, like all right, so, okay. We'd be here all day. I, uh, so start your day by acknowledging God for who he is. Talk about how big and great, uh, how big and great he is. It says he is like, that don't even sound right. Uh, he is strong and mighty. There is none like him. He is faithful, lovely, beautiful, and majestic. He's Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Shabbat. He's El Shaddai, El Elyon, the Most High, right? He's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He's our peace. He's our banner, right? He's our righteousness. He's our healer, right? Like I start my day with glorifying God. I, I lifting up the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. I thank you. You're El Shaddai. You Adonai. I, I just go down the whole list. You, you're God of peace. I just, like, I acknowledge God for who he is, right? Start your day. Don't start your day with issues. Start your day 
With, get out the bed. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Lord, I lift you up, magnify, exalt you. I'm, I ain't even got to the study yet. When I, I step out the bed. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And I learned that reading the book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Been here. <laughs> right? And, and Lord, I lift you up, magnify, exalt you. If I got to go to the bathroom, I'm saying it all the way to the bathroom. Right? Then I go into to, to, up to the study and I get on my face. I don't care if it's two minutes or two hours, but I get on my face. And everything I just told you, I'm acknowledging God for who he is. Everything else ain't important right now. Hallowed be thy name is what's important right now. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? The first part of the Lord's prayer is acknowledging him for who he is, right? Worship is also honoring him with your lifestyle. Forgive me for that hymn again. But honoring him with your lifestyle. It is how you are pleasing him with your life. It's obedient living. So, so worship is not just what I say, David. It's also what I do. It's the corresponding actions. So I'm reverencing him in my obedient living. That's worship too. See, see, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm in adoration and worship towards him, I'm, I'm, I'm expressing love towards him. Does that make sense, Jeanette? Right, but if I'm expressing love towards him, what better love than giving him the life that he designed me to operate in? Obedience. So we keep saying we love God and we're doing the opposite of what he tells us to do. How is that love? When we spend more time getting advice from people that ain't even living for God. The whole message is who got your ear? Walking in the counsel of a godly, standing in the way of sinners, sitting in the seat of scornful. Our delights are supposed to be in the law of the Lord. And the law, should we meditate day and night? Because we love God, right? See, see, I love, I love uh, Pastor Melanie. I was about to say Melanie again. Right, I love Pastor Mel, right? Well, I don't spend my whole time talk, talking to other women. Are you kidding me? But I love her. And every time I come in the house, like, yeah, baby, how you doing? But I don't spend all my time talking to somebody else? Hanging with somebody else? Doing intimate things with somebody else? Are you kidding me? But I say I love her. That makes no sense, does it? It ain't rocket science. No, <laughs> I know it makes no sense to you. <laughs> All right, so the other thing is, and they're kind of, you know, don't try to put them in compartments. They're, they're together, but they, they, they have a different tinge to it. The other one is praise. Appreciating him for what he's done draws him to you. So worship draws you to him. Praise draws him to you. It's Psalm 22, he what? Inhabits the praise. It says the praises of Israel was, but uh, praise of Zion, praise of Israel is representing his people. He inhabits, he shows up, right? So let's go to Psalm, well, that's Psalm 22, 3, so we're not going there, but. See, so something about appreciation, I mean, I, listen, my grandchildren appreciate me, it draws me to them. Some of us don't allow people to appreciate us, so we don't realize eventually we're going to lose people we care about because we're not giving them an opportunity to operate in a simple principle called appreciation. We're training them to take things for granted. 
Don't confess that over. I ain't confess that over nobody's life. I'm just. I'm, he that have have ears to hear, let them hear. <laughs> and and yes, I, the Holy Spirit has helped me to share that. But I've seen it in practice. Like like we draw our family to us, but we allow them to appreciate things, and if we see them taking things for granted, we just ain't gonna enjoy them. Because we got to teach them how to appreciate. Because they ain't going to appreciate us who they can see. How are they going to appreciate God who they can see? Duh. All right, so um, I take the duh back. I'm sorry. That wasn't, that wasn't nice. It's kind of sarcastic. <laughs> I apologize for that. Uh, so Isaiah 50, 150, I'm sorry. Isaiah 150, we're actually going to go to Psalm 150. <laughs> there is no Isaiah 150. It says, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Uh-oh. In his sanctuary. <laughs> praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. This is talking about what he's done, right? Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel, so on and so forth, right? It's just it's saying all the ways we can, what? Praise him. But then they talk about the things he did, right? You saw that, right? Yeah, just don't take my word for it. And then uh, Psalm 50. Let's go to Psalm 50. Uh, verse 23. It says, Whosoever offers praise glorifies me, and to him that ordereth his conversation right will I show the salvation, the wholeness of God. Right? I got uh, on the notes, uh, 23 and 24, it's actually 23, so I apologize for that. Just forgive me for the little typos. No secretary, I'm just doing this on my own. Alright, right, so start your day by acknowledging and thanking him for what he has done or will do. Scripture says, Look, he'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Right? Isaiah 26, 3. He'll keep them in perfect peace. We got to keep our mind stayed on him. So when we're in worship and praise, we're praising him for who he is. Well, I'm sorry, we're worshiping him for who he is and we're praising him for what he's done. We're drawing out of him and he's drawing out of us. We're going to be mindful of him. You know how I'm mindful of the people at the church? I pray for you. I can't forget nobody. Because cause I'm praying for you. Javon, too. Just came to the church. I'm see on the list, right? I can't forget. Even some of the people that are not here that are connected, I'm praying for. Because they're on the list. You know what I'm saying? So, so you know, I'm a systematic thinker. So, to, to pray for everybody and you don't have the list with you, you got to have a system. So, so, and once the system becomes a habit, it keeps you mindful. So, even where, wherever I'm at, I could be on the way to the gym. You know, I can get everybody in. You see what I'm saying? Like, like, but, but it keeps me mindful. Certain people I call because I don't pray, and while I'm praying, I get something in my spirit, and I'm like, I need to call that person. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, like so, so imagine if we're talking to God all the time, praying with God, mindful of God. How can you be in chaos? See, if your mind is more on what's happening than him who can deliver them, <laughs> something's wrong. Don't you? Something is definitely wrong there. 
He'll keep them in perfect peace. The scripture says, set your affection on things above. Oh, I'm setting the dial of affection on what? On things above, Colossians 3.1. Set my, oh, my affection. What I'm really affectionate about are things above. See, we're, sometimes we're acknowledging things above, but we're affectionate about things of the world. We're acknowledging things above, but we're affectionate about certain relationships that are abusing our lives. We're supposed to set our affection. Listen, I know some, some of us have been in some abusing situations and couldn't nobody get you off of it. Man, if we were that affectionate towards God, some of us have been bitter and unforgiving and can't nobody get you off of it. Imagine if that affection was directed at God unmovable. You can't get me off of this affection. We got we to shift that plug and plug it into God, right? Colossians 3.2. I said 3.1. 3.2. Set your affections on things above. So that's, uh, so number one is establish communion with God, and I gave you a list of, of things of how to do that worship and praise, right? You got that? So that's, 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 our, that's our first thing in like, like reversing that momentum and changing, right? Because obviously, it's going to start with God. The, the, the second thing is fast and pray to clear out the noise. So, so when I get up in the morning, I acknowledge God. I worship and praise. The next thing I do, right, is what we're going to talk about here, all right? Because well, remember, disciples, Matthew 17, 21, it says, he says, uh, how come we couldn't cast this demon out? I said, these come out by prayer and fasting. So there's things that are wedged in our life that we're trying to get rid of. These come out by prayer and fasting. There's situations in our home that we're trying to change. These come out by prayer and fasting. There's things that have been pulling and nagging on us for the longest that keep flaring up. These come out by prayer and fasting, right? And so, so, so again, now that fasting is um, punking the flesh to hear from the Spirit, right? The flesh doesn't get to do what it wants to do. So I control, I'm, I'm, I'm buffeting my body, right? I'm making my flesh. See, see, we can't keep conveniencing the flesh and expecting to move in the spirit. We can't live our life to visit the discipline in the spirit and, and, uh, and live in the flesh and expect to get the power and the things of God to operate in our life. It doesn't happen that way. Fast and pray to clear out the noise. The first thing you do is listen to him. So after I praise and worship in the morning, I sit and I listen to God. Right? I, I, I sit, and listen to, listen, sit and listen to him for a few minutes a day. Clear, complete natural silence. Practice his presence. When you shut out the noise, you'll pick up on God's presence. And, and, and sometimes it's hard for me to wait for that. I can tell when... When, when there's an injection of God's presence because like a whole chill goes through my body. Even if I'm praying in tongues, it's a push that takes place. Right? And so, I'm sorry. 10%. I should be all right. Right? <laughs> so, so just, the scripture says, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. And so we got to train ourselves to be still in his presence. To be still in his presence. Uh, Psalm 4, 4. Psalm 4, 4. Uh, be still and know that I'm God is uh, 
Psalm 46, 10. Psalm 4, 4. It says, stand in awe and sin not. Look, look. Commune with your heart upon your bed and be still. Say la. Think about this. Right? Be still. Right? So you can, you can pick up some things. So, so it's fasting because your mind wants to race. It's fasting because you're concerned. Because something we think we're more at peace if we're focused on our concerns. Like, that changes them. Or we worry about them as if that changes them. That ain't never changed the concern. There's no benefit to that. Or if we urgently re react, that's never changed nothing. That's only made it worse. Right? So be consistent in prayer. So after, after this, this time of quiet, I'm, 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 I'm having an exchange. I'm, I'm talking with God. Right? And so I, I listed some things because this is how we set up vision in our house, and this is what I've given you before, the first thing is always God. I'm praying about my, rela my relationship with God, our relationship with God. Family. That's family. Then extended family and friends is the next thing, and then desires is last. So, so I always go in those particular patterns when I'm praying, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting those prayers. I'm getting those prayers in, right? Talk to God in your normal language, as I talked about earlier. With the reverence you have for him, state your case and hear his. State your case and hear his. Sometimes we're just talking. Do you want the answer? State your case and hear Sit there till you get the answer. Come back every day. Well, Lord, I ain't moving until I get an answer. See, because communion, remember we said this is about getting in communion with God. Communion is sharing. That's what communion is. I share with him, he shares with me. It's not just you talking. That's not communion, right? And if you need to, write a specific prayer list to develop a momentum, right? Write a specific prayer list to develop a momentum. Now, I'll put it here, Matthew 6, 6 through 10, Ephesians 1, 18 through 23, and Ephesians 3, 14 through 19 for a reason. So, of course, Matthew... Uh, 6, 6 to 10, that's the Lord's prayer. That's the manner of prayer. So everything I told you even about vision, God, family, stuff like that, the manner of prayer starts out with God. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it heaven gives us this day our deliverance. It starts out with God first. It talks about praying on behalf of others and forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those trespasses against us. And, 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 it, and it, 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 it ends with, well, here, let's look at it real quick. Matthew 6, 6 to 10. It says, it says, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou hast shut the door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which is in secret shall reward thee openly. It says, but when, when ye pray, use not vain repetitions. Like, most of these, a lot of religious cultures train you on vain repetitions. It didn't say you can't repeat a, a prayer of thanksgiving. It said vain repetitions. It's all about how I sound, right? It says, it says vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. 
See, see, that's not warring in the spirit because you ain't touching nobody in the spirit. You see, you see oh, okay, I'm sorry. That's, that's just my little pet peeve there. It says, be not, be, be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. So now we're getting in agreement with communion. It says, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed, hallowed be thy name, magnifying him. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth that is in heaven. Your will, Lord, not mine. Right? Give us this day our daily bread. What you want us to have daily, so that means I got to spend time with him daily. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So now I'm releasing other people. I'm, I'm, I'm coming for mercy, like I need to be relieved for some things. It says, and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power of glory, forever. Amen. Right? And then it talks about forgiving men. Right? And then uh, Ephesians 1. So I actually got these two prayers from uh, Kenneth Hagin Sr. and been praying them ever since, ages ago, probably in the, the early 90s. I've spoke this out, and obviously some people pay attention because some of this stuff is used on the, uh, the, the uh, prayer line Bible study fellowship. All right. All right, so Ephesians 1, 18 through 23. Love this one. So a lot of times you can't force people's will, but you want, you want to help assist people in change, right? It's a great prayer. You're praying that the eyes of their understanding are light. Now, I pray this for myself and everybody, but, you know, the eyes of their understanding being lightened, being lightened that, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches and glory of the inheritance of the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at, the home, at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only this world, but also in that which is which is to come and has put all things under his feet, whatever we're dealing with, and gave him to be the head over all things, to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him, which filleth, which, which, uh, filleth all in all. Now, he says, why would you call us a prayer? You know, he started out by saying, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. In verse 16. I just go over to um, uh, Ephesians 3, verse 14. Is that what I gave you? Yeah, 14. So this is Paul's prayer. It says, look, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to his riches and glory to be strengthened with might, with his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend, because this is the challenge, with all saints, what is the breadth, length, depth, and height? That's the whole picture. That's the whole picture. That's covering every angle. Sometimes we only understand the breadth. Sometimes we only understand the length. Sometimes just the depth. Sometimes maybe the depth and the height. But we have to understand the whole picture. That's what that scripture is saying. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that we may be filled with, look, all the fullness of God. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask to think according to the power that worketh in us. Right? So, so again, that's, so, so those, are, those are at least three prayers that you can pray. Um, for all the people that's on your list. All right, let me see. Uh, 
just for the sake of time, I'm going to hit this next section and then we'll get into get direction from, uh, from there next week. But find your present location. Number three is find your present location. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to change. I have to find my present note location. Now, Psalm 119, 105 says the word is what? A lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Well, it indicates that because a lamp unto our feet shows us where we act. If you was in a cave and you, you, you lit a lamp, that lamp, first thing it's going to show you is where you at, where you really are in proximity to the cave. You lift that lamp up forward, it'll be a light unto your path. It can show you where you're going. But you can't get where you're going until you know where you're at. Even GPS, it asks you, you know, your current location. When you go to the, to, to the mall, and you're trying to find a store, what do you look for first? You are here. You look for that stamp, right, on, on, the, on the, uh, the directory. You are here. Because when you see that you are here, now you triangulate from where you really are to where you want to go. But suppose you felt you was on the north side of the mall, but you was on the south side. You look on the map, you go, oh, I see where it's at. You're going in the wrong direction. Because you didn't look first for what? You are here. So to start the, this, the, another process of this change, after I've communion with God, after I've fasted and prayed, is I have to find out my present location. Now, I'm going to give you this because this is the, the, the third thing I do after prayer. I write my journal. Now, when I used to give this to folk back in Ohio and some of the people here as we've been growing, it was a where are you now journal or memoir, for some people will call it a memoir. So what you would do is when you're trying to change, you write an autobiography or reflection or people will call it a memoir of where are you right now? So let's say, Jeanette, you was trying to change something. So the first thing you would do is you would write out, where are you now in your life? Because you, you're looking to change, but you want to be honest about, man, where am I right now? And you write that out. Now what you do is every day you're writing journal entries. You know, as you realize whatever you realize. What are you learning? How do you feel? What blind spots have you recognized and embraced each day? So you're doing that daily, right? Every 10 days, you write a letter to yourself. Every 10 days, you write a letter to yourself. Should be easy to do because you've been, what? what? You've been writing in your journal every day. So you can accumulate what you've been writing for 10 days in a journal, every 10 days. When you get to 42 days, this may not be totally accurate, but you know, 21 days to, to change a habit, 42 days to make it a lifestyle, right? You know, certain flies uh, can only live for 40 days, right? Beelzebub is called what? Lord of the flies. So if you can allow, you can be consistent with anything for 40 something days, you can change a lifestyle. So at the end of the 42 days, you write a post-autobiography or post-memoir of, and what, you got 40-something days of journal entries. You got four letters by then that you wrote to yourself, right? Right? And then you kind of write uh, where you are at that stage. If you'll find yourself at that stage a whole lot better than you was when you started. But don't, in there, restart the thing. You know, keep doing it. If you, well, I write in my journal every day. So, and I normally write what the Holy Spirit tells me. You know, I, I start out my journal, good morning, Holy Spirit. 
He'll say, good morning, Keith, and then he'll break something down to me. You know, he ends with saying, I, lo I love you, and I end with saying, I love you more, <laughs> right? But this is what I do after I'm on my face, right? And so I wanted to give you that just as a, uh, especially if you're trying to change, it'll help. But, but when you start to look back at how you started and how you've arrived at those 40 days, what it does is it, it, it's, it's a sense of accomplishment. And once you have a sense of accomplishment, you can develop a momentum. But you're more intentional with it. And you're aware of each step of the way. So you see, what I said earlier is sometimes we're not in humility because we're ignorant to where God has brought us from. So we start talking like we've been where we are the whole time. No, you have not. You know, and it's not fair to the person that's supposed to benefit from your full testimony. The full part, too. You say that's just not fair. It's not fair to get to a place, I don't understand why Venetia's late. I don't even know why people come late. Did you forget when you was late? Want to consistent Well, I don't understand why they don't fold those clothes that way. Do you forget when your parents was getting on you for years, you was on punishment, sometimes you couldn't go out, sometimes you couldn't get, couldn't get Christmas because you didn't fold the clothes? Did you forget somebody, without your permission, Without your request, somebody drilled you to be as meticulous as you are right now? But now the people you're talking to is like, I don't know what's wrong with them. Oh, they get on my nerves. Are we serious right now? You, took, you went through a process to be who you are. They can't go through a process too? If you really would write things through, you would, you would embrace, wow, God. You would have an everyday appreciation for, I can't believe all that you brought me through. And so when you're talking to people, you're not just talking about what they need, you're talking about how you arrived at where you are. What the, what the details of the process you went to. Some of us ignored the whole process. Because all we wanted is the results. We never wanted to be what we were, so we definitely don't want to look at it. But, but you have to, you, you, you have to, see, that's that appreciation. See, I come before the Lord all the time on my face and stuff like that because I appreciate everything he's doing. It's phenomenal to me. And I appreciate, remember we said, uh, honor your sources. I appreciate everybody God's used along the way. When we met with our former pastor, obviously uh, our transition was tough. But we wasn't sitting in that meeting going, uh, State our case, you state your case. All right, we out. Unsolicited, we appreciate everything we learned here. Because we did. Like, I wasn't ignorant to what I learned. Yeah, yeah, you know, because, you know, I've just been sweet like that, you know. <laughs> no, Pastor Mel, too. We were just breaking down. We learned this. We learned that. And even some of the, mis the, the things that were perceived as a mistake, this is how I answered. One of the situations was like, well, you, you, you did this like this, this, that, and the other. I said, well, actually, because you trained me and you were so thorough, I wanted to come correct. So I didn't, I didn't present this, this package to almost like to mush nothing in your face. I thought about all the questions you would ask me. And since I saw you as a great leader, I didn't want to leave no, no stone unturned. So... This thing was exhaustive because of the leader that I served. If I had an ignorant 
leader that really didn't really care about stuff, I'd have just gave you something simple because I know you ain't paying attention anyway. I'd have said to myself, well, he ain't really paying attention anyway. I'd just give him a couple pieces of paper and we're going to go start a ministry. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I gave him a 40-page proposal with a two-year timeline, a two-year um, two timeline, two-year preparation, and details. And in red, up to your discretion. It originally was 100 pages. How the benefits of planting a church, I left 100 pages out when he told me, the 60, when he said he was in agreement. That's how thorough. But that was because I valued the leadership. I didn't like blow somebody off like, it wasn't for me and God, I wouldn't be here. It wasn't, it wasn't for God and using the people that helped me along the way. See, that's, that's humility. That's appreciation. Right? I was talking about you today. And I said, if you watch Minister Lamar, you'll see a level of uh, brokenness. Because he realizes some things. Right? I was talking to somebody about you. Yeah, I said, if you watch, now, if you, you lose your brokenness because I said that, then <laughs> I don't know what to do for you. <laughs> right? But if you watch, there's some people that ain't got no level of brokenness. Everything has to be in a position of arrival. So you're not coming with mercy. How are you going to change? As far as you're concerned, you don't need nothing. People just need to give you what you've been waiting for. You're going to be waiting. <laughs> because we all do need something. There's, there's tweaks and adjustments we need to make. All right, so that's all for today. We're in there. We'll get into God's direction. Get God's direction from there next week. I have glasses now. I can read that. <laughs> All right. Any, any thoughts? In, well, do you, would you care to share uh, some of your thoughts? Remember, recognition, like humility, all those different things is going to help us to change and adjust. So, you know, get it out in the atmosphere. You know, get it out in the atmosphere. All right. Any, uh, any thoughts? Well, care to share any thoughts online or in the house?